0: What are you doing?
1: Running late for curfew? What are you doing? I'm
0: uh, making a late night sandwich like your grandma doesn't like me to.
1: <laughs> your secret's safe with me.
0: Mm-hmm. Same. So, how was your party?
1: Lame. I don't get what's so special about New Year's.
0: Oh, what's special about New Year's?
1: Yeah, I mean, you stay up late, everyone says, Happy New Year, and then a ball drops.
0: Let me tell you something. I remember a year. Uh, You were just born. It was a very difficult year. You may not believe this, but there was no toilet paper to be found anywhere. Gross! That wasn't even the half of it. People couldn't shake hands. They couldn't hug. You didn't want to leave your house or you're afraid you might get sick. And masks. Everyone was wearing masks everywhere. You couldn't tell if somebody was smiling or frowning.
1: That sounds weird.
0: You couldn't go visit with family. Not even at the, the holidays, you yep.
1: Then what happened?
0: Well, that's the best part. Then God got us to do it, just like he always does. That's why I like new. See, God says, behold, I'm doing a new thing. New, my dear, gives us a, a different perspective on things.
1: Like on toilet paper, I guess. <laughs> I mean, just because it's new doesn't mean it's going to be good.
0: You're right. You're right. that is why we hold on to the words of Jesus, who said, uh, in this world, you will have troubles, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. That, boop, is why we celebrate new.
1: Grandpa, Mm
0: -hmm. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Do you want ham or turkey?
2: Well, Happy New Year, Berean family. You made it! (laughs) Only the people down here clap. The guys and the people on the balcony are like, I'm not sure we made it yet. You're holding out. I got you. Uh, This this has been crazy. We all know it's been crazy. And you know what? This world is crazy, and that's not going to change this year. I'm sorry. Uh, but we did make it. And that means that God has a plan for you today and tomorrow. As long as we have uh, air in our lungs, God has a plan for us, and it is a good plan. Um, we, we've made a lot of jokes about 2020 and how challenging it's of a year it's been. And part of that is, you know what? All we can do is laugh because it has been a challenging year. Uh, as Pastor Bill and Pastor Phil were talking, uh, particularly at the nine o'clock service, it was just the thinking through all of the time and hours that. The staff here at Berean has been praying for you. And it has occurred to me that there is actually a lot of heaviness, as as Pastor Bill had said. uh, There's a lot of heaviness right now. There's a lot of suffering. There's a lot of heartbreak, heartache. There's physical and financial suffering. There there are relationships, there's marriages that are struggling right now within our church body. And uh, I want you to know a couple things. One, we, we are praying for you as a staff. And two, I want to apologize for not bringing you guys into those prayers. Friends, we have a real enemy, and we are under a real attack. And he is is attacking us, I believe, because he is afraid of what God is going to do in and through Berean Baptist Church. As we move forward to push the kingdom of God into Mansfield, the enemy is not going to just stand by and watch it take place. But friends, we have an offensive weapon. We are not just to be standing back and say, oh, well, I hope nothing bad happens to me today. Our offensive weapon is prayer. We as a church need to be on our knees fighting this battle. So this next Sunday at 7 o'clock, we're going to have an evening of prayer. And I want to invite all of you who are here, all of you who are online, You can join us either in present or uh, you, you can join us remotely. But join us in praying for Berean Baptist Church and for the community that God has us in to reach. Our enemy is real. This fight that we are in is real. And it's time that we get on our knees and fight back. And that's exactly what we're going to do. Again, Happy New Year. I am glad that we all made it. Again, all jokes aside, uh, I'm glad that you made it. And we are here because God still has a plan for us. And and it can be hard for us to trust sometimes that God has a good plan for us. Can't it? You know, I I believe this is something that I deal with just as much as everybody else. As many times as I've come up and I've said, hey, listen, we need to be trusting God. When I say that to you, whether you're in this room or you're watching online, I, I want you to know that I'm also saying that to myself. You see, I know up here that God is good and that He is faithful and He is trustworthy. But just like all of you, sometimes it doesn't trickle down into my heart. And it's not always my first place that I go to when things get difficult. I wish I could tell you just as soon as I face difficulty that I would immediately rely on God and be completely trusting in His sovereignty. But I still battle with my flesh just like everybody else. One of the ways we can build our trust, one of the ways we can build our surrender and our confidence in God is by giving back of our resources. And this is the series that we're in right now, is Rethink Our Resources. And our resources that we're going to be talking about are time, treasure, and our talent. Last week, Len Trail did an incredible job preaching about utilizing our time for the kingdom of God, understanding that it's our time that we are to steward, but it actually is God's and that we use it for Him. Today we're going to be talking about treasure, uh, most specifically, money. Woohoo! Everybody loves a sermon about money, Right? I got really awkward, really fast. Uh, but I, we're, we're going to be talking about our finances next week. We're going to be talking about uh, talent. Um, before we do that, I want to pray. I want to pray for our church body. I want and I want to before and we're going to jump into Matthew chapter six. Uh, so if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn there. But I want to give you a fair warning. I'm going to be jumping through scriptures quite a bit this morning and we're going to be hitting a lot of different texts. So uh, it's this, this, the, te- the Bible verses are going to be on our screen behind me or it's going to be on your TV screen or computer screen at home or phone or whatever it is you're watching on. Uh, before I even do that, before I open a prayer, I feel like there's some uh, explanation needed as I come up here hobbling with a cast on my arm. Um, so it turns out this last week I was invited to participate in a rodeo. Uh, the problem was nobody told me it was going to be in a rodeo. <laughs> so I got thrown from a horse. I'm a little bit beat up, but I'm all right. Um, there seems to be no compassion, laughter, nothing. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. This is one person I could guilt out of. All right, well, right, let's pray. God, thank you for this day. God, we say that so often, but thank you for this day. This is a day that you have made and we are going to be glad and we're going to rejoice in it. We aren't promised this day. We don't deserve this day, but God, you saw fit to allow us to see this day. And whatever happens in our life, God, we will be glad and rejoice in it because you are trustworthy, you are good, and you are faithful. God, I I repent from not calling our church together sooner to get on our knees and take the offense to an enemy and do so in prayer. We really are under attack. And we are no victims. And we are not going to be defeated because of who we are in you. God, I just pray for this family, this church family. All those who are suffering, whether it be financial, whether it be losing a loved one or a loved one sick, and whatever the case may be. God, I just pray for this family that you will bring peace and you will bring comfort and you will protect us from our wicked enemy. And God, I just uh I pray for this sermon as we talk about a touchy subject of finances, that your spirit will just speak in and through me, that all that I say is just comes from you and from your word, and that you somehow use this time that we have together to help us take a step closer to you. We love you and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. So Matthew chapter 6, we're going to start uh, verses 19 through 21, and like I said, uh, once again, I'm going to be kind of going through quite a few different scriptures here as we talk, and we're going to look at, we're going to kind of break this up into a few different sections. Uh, First one, I'm going to give you some principles of giving that we can find in the Bible. Then we're going to look at giving in the Old Testament, uh, giving in the New Testament, and then what it looks like uh, to to give uh, of our resources in our day. So, Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 21. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor dust or rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Friends, this can be. This text here, this can be a difficult lesson for us to learn. As we invest our resources into the things of this world, it's going to leave us, feeling, leave us wanting because it will never produce. It will never produce happiness in our lives. It will never produce joy in our lives. It may give us a temporary comfort, but that's all that it is. It's like t- taking a pain pill when you've broken your arm. It's a temporary relief of the discomfort, but that's all that it is. When we invest our treasure, when we invest our time, when we invest our talents, our skills, our gifts into the things of this world, they will all leave us wanting. But giving to the kingdom of God has the absolute best returns. It is a no-risk-all-reward situation, and it has eternal significance. There is no, there is no rust, rust, moths, there is no rust, there is no thieves to break in and steal when we invest our resources into the kingdom of God. And I, I know that this is a touchy subject, as I said before. Whenever you get up and start talking about finances, it becomes touchy. Can I tell you something? It's not touchy for me at all. I actually enjoy talking about this subject. Why? Because I see how God has used the generosity of His people. I have seen how God has built my family up in some ways that I could never have seen imaginable. I've seen a return on an investment and only a small portion of what we're going to see in eternity. And it, it excites me when, a, when somebody gives to the work of the Lord. It excites me when I get to give to the work of the Lord. So we're going to go back to the principles of giving, and I'm going to give you some principles here. This is not at all to be exhaustive. This is just kind of a jumping off point. The first one is this, and we're going to come back to this probably several times through our time together this morning. The first one is this. Our resources are not our resources. Our resources are not our resources, and the quicker we get our head around that Truth, the better off we're going to be. You see, God has entrusted us with gifts to be used for his kingdom, for us to steward for his good and his purposes. John 3:27 says this: John answered, A person cannot receive even one thing unless it is given him from heaven. All of the good things that we have, we didn't create. God did, and he has given it to us as gifts. James 1.17, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. God is good, and He is a good Father, and He wants good things for us. Even in the midst of all the difficulty, God wants good things for us. But we need to trust Him. We need to surrender to Him. We need to understand that He has given to us what He has given to us to steward for His purposes our so resources are not our resources the second is this when we give financially it's an exercise in surrender now we all know what happens when we exercise our muscles we get sore and don't want to get up the next no no, no. we get stronger we get in better shape it's good for us to exercise physically Well, it's good for us to exercise spiritually too. And one of the things we need to exercise is our surrender. You see, when we say Jesus is our Lord, that means Jesus is our Master. That means Jesus is the Lord of every component, every element of our lives, and that we are no longer the Lord or in control of our lives. We have surrendered control of everything to God. Now, I would love to say that we all do that completely at the moment of our salvation. But we don't, do we? In fact, one of the things that seems to be the last thing that many people surrender is our finances. Now this was true for my family, for for Kelly and I as well. Back in, I can't remember what year it was, 15, 16, 17 years ago, we were getting uh, discipled from uh, this lovely couple. And this guy Todd was discipling me. Uh, At the time, we were a single-income family. I had four kids uh, living paycheck to paycheck. Anybody here in their 20s? No, no, you don't answer this. Anybody in their 20s live paycheck to paycheck? Right, or beyond your means? Yeah, we we were doing all of that. We were doing it all wrong financially, and we were in kind of a rough spot where we were just struggling to pay bills. Well, in this discipleship, Todd challenged me about this idea of giving a tithe or 10% of my income. And I'm thinking... Right now, I'm living on 110% myself. How am I going to find another 10% to give to the church? Well, he kept pressuring me on this. And he kept, I shouldn't say pressuring me. He kept, if you're watching this, Todd, it wasn't pressure. It was an encouragement, I know. He kept encouraging me to take a step. He's like, Dan, I have full confidence that if you just take this step, you're going to find that you cannot outgive God. That God will bless your, your obedience in this. So I talked to Kelly and we decided, you know what, right now we don't really have the finances to do this. We're, we're, we're kind of drowning in debt, all those kind of things. But I want to take this step. So we took money out of the savings account to actually to, to give a tie. Now I'm not telling you this to brag because we should have been doing this far sooner than we did. You get it? But this is just kind of our journey um, through this, this process. Well, I, I, we, we pulled money out of savings for probably a couple weeks in a row. And the rest of the story that I'm going to tell you, it needs to be a big caveat, because God doesn't always uh, outgive us in kind. In other words, if you want a car, you don't just go give your car away and say, all right, God, now you're on the hook for a new car. That, that's not really the way it, it goes. Now, can God do that? Absolutely. Does he do that at times? Absolutely. But again, this is, this is his, his world, not ours. He can do as he pleases. Well, our story uh we did that with tithe for a couple of weeks and i get a, a, literally a check in the mail that i wasn't expecting I've, i had heard people talk about this so many times uh in fact missionaries uh I, every time i hear a missionary they, they they talk about some check that comes in the mail that they had no right at the moment where they were going to go bankrupt it, it just seems like it happens all the time but it never it had, i had never experienced it well it's getting close to christmas time and i get this check in the mail and i'm like oh my goodness well, I worked at General Motors the, at the time and I had for, totally forgotten about that I had put the suggestion in to kind of change the way I was doing a job on an assembly line to make it a little bit more efficient. Turns out they implemented that uh, change and they paid me for it, for my suggestion. I'm like, well, this is awesome. Fast forward about a month. It's just like a couple weeks before Christmas, the best I can tell, the best I can remember, and four young kids. Actually, it might have been three at the time. Isaiah wasn't born yet. so I lied at the first service too. Um, so three young kids, and uh, here comes another check. And this one's bigger than the first one. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. What is this for? So I actually take it to the office. And I'm like, I don't know why this is a mistake. You guys sent me this check. You, you already paid me for this suggestion. And they said, no, because you, you I had uh, forgotten. I had wrote an amendment to it just to change it a little bit more. Well, they implemented that too and decided to pay me more than they did the first time. And I was like, oh my goodness, this whole you can't outgive God thing is absolutely true. And it was just this kind of a, a, a big aha moment in my life. Now, every time I've given to the church, I have not received a special check. You, you need to understand. Those were the only two, okay? <laughs> like, it's been many years now of not getting surprise checks in the mail. And that's okay, because I learned that I cannot possibly outgive God. And, and I, I'm telling you, if we had open mic right now, as I look around this room, there's story after story after story about the goodness of God and the generosity of God and how we absolutely cannot outgive Him. Again, it's an exercise in surrender. The more we surrender, the better we get at it. It's also an exercise in trust. It's an exercise in trust. When it really comes down to our finances, it's one thing that we really want to control because we want to control what we think is going to be controlling in our future. That we'll be in a good situation. Or we want to be able to buy the things that we want to buy. If we want to get real honest, we want to be able to kind of build our own little kingdom up, right? If we want to get real, we want to be in control of that. When we say, God, I want this, I, everything in me wants to keep this, but I trust you with it. And we do that it's an exercise in that trust. And the more we exercise those trust muscles, the better we get at it. Uh, it was not easy for my family, my wife and I, to start uh, giving to the church uh, sacrificially all those years ago. Can I tell you right now, it's really easy to do. Why? Because we've exercised those surrender and trust muscles and we've seen the goodness and faithfulness of God. If we were to go out of town or something, and it's before like online giving, I'd be almost stressed out. It's like, well, we've got to make sure we send some money in. Like, we love to give now. And that's something that only God could have done in our lives. Exercise and surrenders. Exercise and trust. It's also very. It's glorifying to God when we trust Him in this way, and we give back of the resources that He has entrusted us with. Listen to First Chronicles sixteen, twenty eight through twenty nine. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due His name. Bring an offering and come before Him. We glorify God by trusting Him, by being obedient to Him with our finances. Again, this isn't a hard thing for me to talk about. It, it, maybe it was years ago. I love talking about it because it's one of those ways where I have seen God bless people so often, so frequently when they, when they finally surrender this part, portion of their lives. Uh, I actually know of a church, and we're not going to do this, so deacons don't yell at me, but I, uh, I, the, I, I know of a church that years ago, they said, you know what, the, the Bible says test God on this in Malachi. Let's do that. So they, they actually said, we're going to ask everybody, if you haven't already started to tithe, to do so. And if, if, if in three to six months, I can't remember what the time frame was, you don't feel like the God has been blessing you or giving, we'll, we'll write you a check and pay you back for all of it. I don't think they ever wrote a check back. It's just incredible. How we can see God move in our finances when we give them over to Him. And again, we're not doing that. (laughs) Just FYI. (laughs) We are not, yeah. Anyways. Finally, it is good for us to give. It's good for us to give. Again, it does seem counterintuitive that we would say, you know what? This one thing that we value so much, our finances, and let's be real, it's something that we all value very much. As much as we value that, we're going to trust you with it, God. We're going to surrender to you. Not only does it bring glory to Him, but it is good for us. We simply cannot outgive God. As hard as you might want to try, we absolutely cannot outgive God. So, those are some quick principles, and we're going to move on to the Old Testament. So, we're going to be in the Old Testament and the New Testament fairly quickly so don't don't start stressing Uh, we're not going to be here till like five o'clock in the evening or anything so we're going to move pretty quick now we are looking at a lot of different scripture but this is only scratching the surface the bible has a lot to say about how we use our finances so giving in the old testament listen to proverbs 3 9 and 10 honor the lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine this this is solomon the wisest guy that probably has ever existed and he writes the, the this book proverbs so his kids could kind of benefit from his wisdom honor the lord with your wealth he says and with your first fruits of all your produce then your barns will be filled with plenty it, this is counterintuitive again isn't it you know if you have a lot give to the lord if you have a little give to the lord and then watch what he will do you position yourself for god to be blessing you Again, it's not necessarily in kind. or may be spiritual. There's definitely eternal blessings that come along with this kind of obedience. But again, God says, test me in this. Uh, I've said a few times this, this idea of a tithe. The tithe is, is 10%. Uh, in the Old Testament, it was 10% of income. It was also 10% of possession. That, this starts all the way back in Leviticus with kind of the advent of the law. Uh, Leviticus 27, 30-33. Every tithe of the land, whether of of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the trees, is the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord. If a man wishes to redeem some of his tithe, he shall add a fifth to it. And every tithe of herds and flocks, every tenth animal of all that pass under the herdsman's staff, shall be holy to the Lord. One shall not differentiate between good or bad, neither shall he make a, a substitute for it. And if he does substitute for it, then both it and the substitute shall be holy. It shall not be redeemed. This is the the advent, the beginning of the 10% tithe here. And I want you to notice, again, that first sentence. uh, Who does this all belong to? It belongs to the Lord. Now, while this is the advent of the law of giving uh, 10% or your tithe, it's not the first time we find in the Bible a a tithe that is given. The first time we see that is in Genesis chapter 14, where this guy Abram, who later had his name changed to Abraham, uh, has this run-in with a guy named Melchizedek. Now, Melchizedek, a really interesting guy. We we could spend hours talking about him, but we're not going to right now. I just want you to hear this. This is the first time we see a tithe or 10% given. Uh, Genesis 14, 19, and 20. Uh, this is Melchizedek speaking. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abraham of God, by God most high, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be God most high who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And Abram gave him a tenth of everything. This is the first time in the Scripture that we see this. So we have this tithe that is established in the law of the Old Testament. The, the, the rest of the Old Testament actually has a lot to say about this. Um, but we're not going to go to all of those texts because it would take way too long. There's also a first fruits offering that happened in the Old Testament. Uh, We we see this in Leviticus 23, 9-14. I'm not going to read the entirety of that passage. You can do that later, but uh, uh, we'll just do the first few verses here. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Speak to the people of Israel and say to them, When you come into the land that I give you and reap its harvest, you shall bring a sheaf of the first fruits of your harvest to the priest, and he shall wave the sheaf before the Lord so that you may be accepted. On the day after the Sabbath, the priest shall wave it. And on the day when you wave the sheath, you shall offer a male lamb, a year old without blemish, as a burnt offering to the Lord. And and it goes on from there. and And I encourage you to go ahead and read it. But the idea is the first fruits, again, whether it's your livestock, your produce, or whatever it may be, went back to God. Now, if you've ever raised animals... You understand what a risk and what a sacrifice this is for, for let's say, a shepherd, somebody who's raising sheep. Uh, you're bringing their first fruits and a lamb without blemish. This is what you would probably keep back as like your breeding stock, right? Uh, the shepherds would want to keep their very best so that they could breed. They, back then, they didn't understand about genetics, but they had an idea where the better the, 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 the mother and father were, the better the, the offspring was going to be as well. So they'd want to keep those back. So it's an exercise, again, in trust. Saying, you know what, we're going to give God back to you, which you have entrusted with us, because it's all of yours anyways, and you're only asking for 10% back. We're going to give that back to you, but then we're going to give the best of the best, the very best that we have, back to you as well with our first fruit offering. So this is kind of, the in a very quick nutshell, giving in the Old Testament. Moving on to giving in the New Testament. And I'm going to have to one-arm some water here. And uh, giving the New Testament, we're going to start, the first text that we're going to look at is going to be Mark chapter 12, if you want to turn there. It's like taking a drink from a fire hose with all these scriptures. I understand this. Thanks for bearing with me. But we've made it into the New Testament, so that's good. It's also good when not one person even chuckles a little bit when I try to offer up some sort of laugh. That's, that's good. I sometimes you just stand and you just keep begging for somebody to laugh, and people then oh, if he, he don't laugh now, he's gonna keep talking. So giving in the New Testament, Mark twelve, forty-one through forty-four. And he sat down opposite the treasury and watched the people putting money into the offering box. Many rich people put in large sums, and a poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which made a penny. And he called his disciples to him and said to them, Truly I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all of those who were contributing to the offering box. For they all contributed out of their abundance. But she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. In the New Testament, we learn that giving is a heart issue. It's a heart issue. And God's more concerned about our heart... Than he is about the amount of money we put into an offering box. Can I tell you, it doesn't matter if you are a millionaire and you're giving uh, six figures to a church every year, or if you have very little, but you're being obedient with it. Can I tell you that God will use both of those offerings? He loves a cheerful giver, as we're going to see here in a moment. It's a heart issue that we see in the New Testament. It, 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 um, yeah, it's a hard issue. So I'm going to keep moving here. With the right heart attitude is how he wants us to give. Second Corinthians nine seven. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Again, hard issue. In the New Testament, we also have some huge gifts that are happening throughout the New Testament. And we learn, again, that, that all of our resources don't belong to us, but they belong to the Lord and how we ought to um, use those. And we might call them free will or a grace giving. Uh, Luke 12, 33 through 34, it says this, Sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old. With a treasure in the heavens that does not fail where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Sounds familiar from another text, right? It's a heart issue. And we give back to God how He encourages us to give and we do so with the right heart attitude out of obedience and surrender. Listen to Acts 2.44-45. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. Uh, this is a picture of this early the early church movement where the, the people who were made up the early church decided to sell all of their goods and to give it, to put it in one big pile basically so that everybody would be taken care of. Now before you get upset and say this is socialism, they, there was no government forcing them to do this. This was on their own volition. You understand? You understand the difference here? The, the church decided that we are going to do this, that the God has led us to this point where we're going to sell all of our stuff, we're going to share the resources collectively as a group. This is the kind of giving that we see in the New Testament. Now the New Testament is basically silent on a tithe. We, we can't find this, this concept necessarily uh, spelled out clearly in the New Testament, and we're going to get to that in just a moment. Uh, We're going to move quickly now into giving today. So we have a real quick snapshot of Old Testament giving, real quick snapshot of New Testament giving. What about today, 2021? What's expected of us? How should we be giving? What should we be thinking about it? And so on and so forth. So giving today. Again, nothing in the New Testament signals an end to Old Testament tithing. Now it doesn't talk about it, but there's nothing in the New Testament that would signal an end to it. If anything, the New Testament encourages generosity beyond a tithe. Uh, there was plenty of opportunities for Jesus and the disciples and the writers of the New Testament to look back to the Old Testament tithe and say we're done doing that. They never do. Uh, it's kind of an argument of from silence here, but there's nothing that signals an end to the Old Testament tithe. That's why many people still today would preach that that's a biblical starting point uh, for giving, and, and that's an important thing. It, it, tithe is the clearest biblical expectation to us as far as our giving, and it should be considered a starting point for the church today in 2021. And I know as, as many of you hear that, many of you have already been doing this for years. And again, like I said earlier, if we had to open mic, we could have testimony after testimony after testimony of God's faithfulness in this way. But as many of the people who here who have experienced that, there are sure people who haven't. And you become, well, is this just another opportunity for the church to do a money grab, all those kind of things? Can, can I tell you, and I don't mean this to be callous, uh, like, I don't know what you give. I'm not going to know what you give. And, and, I, and as far as the amount of money you give, that kind of thing, I kind of don't care. Here's what I care about. I care about that you are surrendered to the Lord and you're receiving this incredible blessing when you're being obedient to Him. That's what I care about. I've experienced the goodness of God. I've experienced stepping out there going, God, this is really shaky ground. If you don't do something, I don't know what I'm going to do for Him to step in and do something. And I'll tell you what, the more you experience that, the more you step closer to Christ because you start trusting Him more, you start surrendering more of your life over to Him. That's why I care about this. That's why I want to talk about this today. And and finally, I want you to learn, if you haven't already, what I have learned and what many others have learned. You simply cannot outgive God. God, He is a good Father. He wants good things for you. It may not be easy. You may not get an in-kind blessing back from the Lord. That may not happen. This isn't prosperity doctrine where it's like, you know what, if I just have enough faith, I'm going to drive a Mercedes. That's not true. It's not biblical. But I want you to experience the goodness of God, whatever that looks like. Trust Him in how that's going to look. Trust him with your finances, as again that sent, tends to be one of the last places many of us want to surrender our lives to the Lord. As I conclude, I, I want I want you to hear this, Brian. As a whole, as a family, you are already very good at this. You you are a very generous family. Uh, I, I think Pastor Bill said something about it earlier too, when he's talking about our sister church in the Ukraine. You are a generous. Family, and you're very many of you, many of us understand these concepts already and already practice them. And, and I want to applaud you in that if, because of your generosity. As many of you know, we start 2021 completely debt free, we, no, we have no debt any longer as a church. That's incredible. It's because God has blessed us, and God has blessed us through all of your generosity and your giving. Uh, many of you know, we, we just finished this. Uh, a uh, thing called the Uncommon Gift over Christmas season where we, we have selected an outside ministry that we said, we know what, we're going to take an offering. We're not going to keep a penny of it at Christmas Eve, and we're going to give the proceeds to a, an outside ministry. Uh, this year's recipient, this is our very first Uncommon Gift, is Mission to Amish People. And, and if you have if this is your first time here or whatever, check it out online. Uh, you can go back and watch some of our other uh, uh, sermons, and you can see, hear a little bit more about who they are and what they do. But today, as uh, just kind of a way to end, I'm actually going to invite up Joe and Esther Keim, the founders of Mission to Amish People, so we can uh, let them know, for the second time this is our second service, but let you all of you know too the total that we were able to raise for Mission to Amish People. So we're welcome uh, Joe and Esther to the stage. So Joe is the uh, um, executive director of Mission to Amish People. Esther is the executive dress, uh, uh, director of, of Joe. Um, <laughs> that's kind of how this works, I think. But uh, so again, your generosity this year—just to remind you—the the Mission to Amish People needed about fifteen thousand dollars to buy a piece of equi- uh, equipment that they needed to uh, to to kind of make their process more efficient to get these lessons out to how many kids was it? About 6,000 people on this mailing list that, that gets these lessons, and, and in these lessons are uh, salvation and gospel messages. And, and because of that, there's something about 250 people every year annually who, who have come to Christ through this ministry. It's an extremely fruitful ministry, and it's one of the reasons why we wanted to get behind them. Um, uh, but we wanted to take a big chunk out of that $15,000 piece of equipment. Uh, it's the first time we've ever done something like this, so we're really not sure what the total is going to be kind of a thing, but you know what? If we can get a couple grand or whatever to take a chunk out of this, that's going to be really helpful. Well, with your generosity, we were able to get it, write a check. We haven't done it yet, but we're writing a check to Michigan Mission to Amish people and, and a, a total of about $19,500. Isn't that awesome? Amen. 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 Wow.
3: I will tell you, we are very humble, and I... I I'm just blowing away I thank you thank you thank you thank you and I promise you that that money is invested uh will be invested in the lives of people that's who our minister that's what our ministry is all about right Toby uh Toby's on the board and, but don't hold that against yeah <laughs> don't hold that against us but my brother William attends here, and Janica, William Kime, I'm Joe Kime, my wife Esther, and our goal is to reach other people with the gospel. We came out of the Amish back in 1987, and um, realized that, that salvation is by grace alone, faith alone, and in Christ alone, and it it totally, radically changed our lives. And we immediately wanted to reach back to our family, and then eventually, 20 years ago, God called us back into this ministry. And if you really want to know what the ministry is about and what it was like growing up Amish, why we believed the way we did, and you want to read about our family, there's 14 of us in the family, then get the book, My People, the Amish. It's all in there. And uh, not only will you get to read about uh, our lives, but all of the proceeds go back into a ministry Uh, Esther and I have taken in over 200 of these runaways and even as I was sitting down here I was getting messages from David Smith in Michigan wanting to leave what do I need and 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 we're working with people in Michigan in Missouri we have people from Montana and everywhere uh, that come in to our ministry for help and you are now a part of this great ministry there is a revival brewing amongst the Amish people. Uh, if I had the time to tell you everything that is going on in Middlefield, Ohio, in Holmes County, Ohio, in Indiana, it is unbelievable. Don't, don't give up, it's about the burst. And if uh, we do these conferences all over uh, United States and uh, the, the Amish Awareness Conference, we're getting ready, we're planning one actually it's just simply, Let's Get Fired Up a conference in Savannah this year. But we go through this book. It tells you uh, where the Amish come from, what they believe. It tells you about the history of the Amish, how to reach them with the gospel. And then lastly, you can sign up for our newsletter. And uh, we, this goes out every month. And I just want to say again, Thank you, Berean Baptist Church. We are so grateful for your generous gift.
2: Thank you.
1: Thank you, thank you. Um, I just wanted to share a little bit about uh, one of the ministries that we have called the Sunlight Club, where we sent the Bible lessons into the Amish homes. And that's a lot of what uh, we were raising this money for, was to help with that mailing Those children don't go to Sunday school like like these do in our churches. They sit on a hard bench for three hours learning how to sit still. But they really don't get the message. So you have all helped get the message to them. And then we have a lot of volunteers that help us do these lessons. I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Source of Light, the Sunlight, uh, that's what we use for our Sunlight Club, uh, the Mailbox Club. Some of you might have been in ministries that we use. So we sent them a lesson. Then there's a a test in there. They'll return that to us. And then we sent them lesson number two, all the way from preschool through adults. So if anybody's in here that can open lessons that might have been taped together, stapled together, um, you can help open them. We have a lot of volunteers at Mission to Amish People in Savannah, Ohio, that come and help. And we can always use more hands to help.
2: Amen. Yeah, it's a, We're talking about a half an hour drive or so from here. Uh, if you're able, and, and it, this is a great opportunity to come and help out a, a, a fruitful ministry, uh, to go and fold papers, pull out staples, tape, whatever, help with these mailings, it, what a great opportunity so uh, at the, as when we conclude here we're gonna have a song in just a moment when we conclude here you guys have a little booth out in the lobby go visit uh the kimes out there learn a little bit more and maybe how you can be a part of it and there's another thing we can do so part of their ministry is this uh something called beyond measure market it's in, just outside of the town of savannah again about a half an hour ago my family and i love going there we go there pretty frequently i want to challenge you this isn't something i would do often but i want to challenge you go to beyond measure and buy a bunch of stuff all right, you go to Beyond Measure Market, buy a bunch of stuff, and you're going to meet a bunch of young girls who are working there that have just recently come out of uh, the Amish. And this is an area, a way for them to learn a marketable skill and kind of get started and on their feet. Wonderful ministry. Go check it out. Say hello to Joe and Esther while you're there. Uh, they won't have much time to talk to you because they're going to be busy because there's going to be a bunch of us there, right? So go check out Beyond Measure Market and bless them that way. Joe, before we conclude with the song, uh, would you would you pray for us? Yes
3: lord jesus we're so thankful that you called our names and that we surrendered and you gave us everlasting life and i just come to you now and i i pray for a special favor to be poured out on the brian family i pray that you would bless them this year give them strength, give them courage i pray that you would rise up within them and i pray that your presence would uh, be felt among this community and wherever they go i pray that men and women and children would hear about the gospel and many would get saved. Lord, we pray that this would be the year, a great year for this church. Protect them from the evil one, protect them from the virus, and I pray that you would just help them, uh, Lord, their faith to be strengthened. And and, uh, we thank you again for this large gift that they shared with your ministry. May you bless that. And may many souls come to Jesus Christ because of the great generosity of Berean Baptist Church. And I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.